0: Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and today on uh, Joyful eating. I'm going to be answering the question: Am I a sugar hypocrite? But before we get to that, I just thought I'd share one of the best things I ate this week. And I made these amazing, amazing eggs. Uh, so like just scrambled eggs, but with um, it was like miso saute eggs. So I like mixed some peanut butter with some water and um, a little bit of miso paste, and then mixed that in with the eggs, and then scrambled the eggs. Just cooked them, you know, in a pan, and finished it with some tabasco and some chopped peanuts on top, and some coriander, like cilantro, and it was. So so amazing. So that was, that was really good recipe definitely coming soon. Okay, so plan for today is first I'm going to just share a little bit of my history with sugar and then I'll talk about why I decided to start baking with sugar again and then I'll share like exactly how you can, if you want, get to this place where you can enjoy sugar like a sane person and then I'll share a key takeaway. So you know exactly how to apply this into your life. So my history with sugar. So basically, you know, growing up, you know, I like sweet stuff like, you know, all kids do. But when I was an, ad, like, kind of younger adult, I was definitely more of a savory person than, than a dessert person. Like, I would always order the cheese or get a glass of dessert wine rather than actually ordering dessert in restaurants. But I did always love baking and I loved that creative process of baking and just, it, like, the smells in the kitchen and everything. And, like, of course, I like to eat baked goods. Um, but it wasn't, like, craving chocolate or anything like that. But it was interesting because when I got diagnosed with gestational diabetes and I was kind of on my low carb journey before that to help me with my fertility, I found that when I got to this place where sugar was, in my mind, I was thinking sugar was bad and that I shouldn't be having sugar, that actually, looking back now, I can see that actually fueled my desire for sugar, like that I definitely wanted more sweets because I had this thought in my brain that sugar was bad. Anyway so when I had gestational diabetes and I actually wrote a whole book on um, sugar-free, you know, low-carb baking called The Sunday Baking Sessions, which has been my best-selling you know book ever, because people love to bake, I guess. And like in that book, like the recipes that I wrote, like they were the best recipes I could make without sugar. And they tasted great to me, but you know, to my kids, my kids would always prefer that if someone else cooked something with sugar, like they would always prefer the sugar stuff. But I was I was pretty, I was happy, like they were keeping me satisfied and it wasn't a problem. But then I did like some, a lot of work around alcohol and you got to this place where I could really take it and leave it in around wine. And I just started to realize that I could apply that same approach to sugar and my relationship with sugar. And that maybe actually... I didn't need to be baking without sugar. I I just needed to, you know, only have sugar in reasonable amounts. And so... I just thought I'll do an experiment and see like, could I apply that same mindset work to my relationship with sugar? And long story short, <laughs> yes, it did work for sugar as well. So, and that's why I decided to start baking with sugar again, because like I did these some experiments and I was like, yeah, actually I can trust myself around sugar, not to go crazy. I actually don't want to, you know, eat massive amounts and cause myself all sorts of blood sugar problems. Like I I don't really have that super desire to have a lot of sweets, but you know, having a few sweets, yes, definitely. And so the reasons I decided to start baking with sugar again was basically just my sugar-free baking was as good as it could be, but baking with sugar does taste better. Um, and the main driver for me changing my, my, you know, having a complete backflip on this was that, you know, I just learned that I could trust myself and actually could saw it as an opportunity for me to practice that self-trust rather than than it being this drama and I also realized that I wanted to be an example of what's possible for people like you know sugar is like getting such a bad rap these days but you know having some sugar isn't a problem it's really you know how much you're having and how often you're having it, that it's a problem. So I wanted to be an example for my children and for the world that, yeah, you can, like, we can all enjoy some sweet treats now and again. And that's, you know, totally a great part of life, but it doesn't have to become this, like, big obsession. So it's, uh, I guess it's probably been a year, maybe a little bit longer since I've been baking with sugar again. And I've actually been going through some of those recipes from the Sunday baking sessions and redoing them, like with adding the sugar, sugar in, but I'm just like baking with minimal sugar. And I've been working out the nutritionals on those recipes and you know, it, I can easily, like I made an orange and almond cake. I've got this amazing orange and almond cake recipe where you boil oranges and it's with almond meal instead of flour. And putting the sugar back in that, like I didn't, um, you know, just enough for it to taste good. It's only like, you know, for a decent sized piece of cake serve, it's only like 20 grams of of carbs for the whole whole thing. So yeah, that's well and truly not a problem from for my blood sugar um, at all. So that's kind of interesting as well. Like when you actually look at the numbers, actually having some sugar in there isn't necessarily going to turn it into a you know highly a super high carb thing, particularly if you're if you're not using flour as well, like if you're using other low-carb ingredients, a little bit of sugar isn't a problem. So that is my story about sugar. So let's talk about how you can actually do this if you wanted to start experimenting with enjoying sugar like a sane person. So first of all, I think it's important to recognize that yes, sugar does have an addictive nature and that is because it does cause, like it stimulates our reward center in our brain and causes us to release dopamine. We can't ignore that fact. So I think it's important to recognize, yes, sugar does have some addictive properties, so we need to tread carefully with it. But that also doesn't mean that we necessarily need to completely avoid it. And the way that we find this balance between having some sugar but not having too much is really it all and this is what i do with my alcohol as well it all comes down to planning in advance and thinking about it from a perspective of i'm doing this for me i'm doing this to help myself not from the approach of like i can't be trusted you know i am evil like sugar is evil kind of thing but just being realistic and balanced and so what i do is i just decide in advance what i'm going to eat and how much. Every day, I I think through my day and, and decide it in the mornings, but you know, it, just as long as you're deciding before you start eating the cake or the cookies or whatever, like that's fine. The more distance you can give between the decision and being in the moment, the better, because when we're making decisions in advance, we use a different part of our brain. So we use, it's called the prefrontal cortex. That part of the brain is like really clever and it can think about the future and planning and future consequences. And it can recognize, I said, if I eat like a whole bag of cookies now, I'm going to feel like crap later and also probably, you know, the next day as well. So we want to use that part of our brain to decide because the the other option is when you're making decisions in the moment, we have a different part of our brain that's online then, particularly when you're tired and you're stressed and, you know, it's all, you're feeling emotional Um, and that part of the brain, the amygdala, it's more primitive and it actually Can't think about the future, doesn't understand that whole concept of time. It's only thinking about in the moment, and its whole purpose in life is to keep us safe and to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So, if you're using that part of your brain to decide how much cookies to eat, how many cookies to eat, and when you should be eating cookies, it's going to give you a very different answer to when you use your prefrontal cortex. So we want to like make sure that we're not making those decisions in the moment, that we're making the decisions with the best part of our brain. And then what you want to do is plan it ahead and give yourself permission to, to have whatever it is that you're going to have. And then you get the anticipation, you get to look forward to enjoying whatever treat you're going to have. And thinking about Christmas, like, you know, the anticipation of Christmas is just as much fun, if not more fun than that actual having of Christmas day. And it's the same with treats, like thinking about and imagining and enjoying, like planning, like your amazing cream caramel dessert, whatever it is, can be just, you know, bring just as much pleasure as the actual eating of it. The other reason we want to give yourself permission and to, you know, bask in the vape in the anticipation, like this avoids the need to have that kind of scarcity eating that happens when you When you decide in the moment, okay, I'm going to get this, I'm going to have these cookies, and I'm just going to eat the whole bag again because I'm never going to have them ever again, and so I better finish this pack. We want to avoid that scarcity eating thinking, so we want to be making this decision like, yep, there's going to be, I'm going to have some cookies today, and there will be cookies in my future. Like, so there's no need to go into like hoarding the cookies and eating them all now, um, because I think that's that's generally that that mindset is is generally the most damaging thing with sugar. So for example, one of my clients, I was talking to her and she said that there's a place where she works and, and like it's only one day a week that she's in that that location, but they always have Tim Tams, which are like these amazing chocolate coated biscuits, cookies it, that we have in Australia and that I actually used to work on. <laughs> That's a whole another story. But yeah, she was saying like they have Tim Tams in the tea room there and normally in the past she'd be like, oh no, I'm not going to have Tim Tams and she'd bring a healthy snack and then she'd like be like feeling whatever and she'd give in and she'd have some Tim Tams and then she'd also eat her healthy snack as well because she needed to have something healthy like it was the thought process in her mind and so she would like really overeat and like and then feel gross but so instead what she's been doing is she's like yep Thursdays is the day that I'm here and I'm going to have a Tim Tam and I'm going to sit down with a cup of tea and it's going to be amazing and she looks forward to her Tim Tam and she really enjoys it. And she's satisfied with having just the one rather than having like, you know, three or four or more. (laughs) And she's not, and she, on those days, she's like not taking her healthy snack as well because she's like, snack time's going to be my Tim Tam. And so it's just, you know, she's eating a reasonable amount. She's enjoying it. And she's got this balanced approach. So how are we going to do this? You're going to plan in advance. You're going to give yourself permission and you're not going to be deciding in in the moment. Then what I want you to do is like, is to actually visualize yourself ahead of time, like particularly with baking, because I used to like lick things and taste things and be like doing all the all, like lots of sugar was going in my mouth when I was when I was cooking what I do now is I actually just imagine myself before I started baking just imagine myself having the urge to lick the spoon but going no or actually you know being intentional about it sometimes I'd be like yeah I do want to have some of this cookie dough and so I'd put some aside and, and have the cookie dough intentionally rather than just grabbing bits randomly and grabbing more and more and more so actually now like I visualize Myself doing that, visualize myself putting aside some cookie dough, enjoying the cookie dough, but not like just constantly eating out of the bowl. And also like visualize, I visualize like having the urge to have more than I'd planned and just letting that urge to be there and not giving in to the urge. So that's pretty much how you do it. And then it's just, it's a matter of, you know, when you're doing it, like just practicing and Not expecting it to be perfect and expect there'll be times where you've planned one piece of cake and you end up having three. Like, and that's okay. Like, that's not a problem. That's not a reason to give up. That just means, okay, we'll think through, like, why did you have that cake? Like, were you more hungry? Should you have had something else to eat before you started on the cake? Like, or was there some emotional, like, there's all these things that you can evaluate and learn from and then just practice. And then the more you evaluate and learn, the more you practice it, the easier and easier it will get. So, that is how you enjoy sugar like the same person. So a key takeaway from today is like, yes, sugar is addictive. And, and for some people, I think abstinence is the easiest option. Like just having a no sugar policy can be easier. But if you want to get to this place where you're are able to enjoy the occasional dessert without overdoing it, like that is possible. But you just have to be 100% committed to this practice of planning in advance and deciding it ahead of time with the best part of your brain and then sticking to your plan. And of course, like just seeing it as a practice and getting better and better with it over time. The other thing is like, you don't have to do this on your own. You're more than welcome to join the Naturally Healthy Club, which is my six-month group coaching program where you can get personally coached by me and get access to a community of like-minded people that are working on changing their relationship with food as well. So, it's a really supportive, fun environment. Um, so, if you'd like to find out more about that, we enroll twice a year and the details are on my blog, which if you Google stone soups, so stone us in rock and soup us in a bowl of, um, and then we'll find it and the, you'll find my blog and then just go to the coaching page and that will have all the details about how you can apply and when applications are open okay hope you found that helpful enjoy baking with sugar it is possible for you to have have your cake and not get stomach aches. um yeah and i will catch you next time bye before you go this is the best part So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.